Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Thank you to Ryan Treasure, VP of Broadcast Operations at Voice America, for doing that beautiful voiceover for us. I am AKA Radio Red. This is our second to the last live show of 2021. I didn't want to skip a show. I know everybody's out for the holidays already from their jobs and on vacations and wrapping presents and all, but I just wanted to bring you three very heartful creatives tonight on the show. We're broadcasting live. Uh, I want my guests, I haven't introduced you yet, but your names are there. Wave hello to, there we go, wave hello to Facebook. For some reason, we're getting texting on Facebook under everything I'm saying, and I'm watching the text interpretation of what, that's never happened before, so that'll probably be in the video. There we go. So I'll tell you who I've got, and they're going to wave again. I'm going to make them wave a lot. We have an award-winning ethnographic and fine art photographer and filmmaker. There she is. She travels to the deep interiors of Asia and the Americas, capturing images that tell stories of remote cultures. We'll tell you her name in a second. Then we have an award-winning and best-selling author and co-founder of a nonprofit dog hospice and sanctuary. Hi to you. We'll give your name in a second. And third, my guest is a decorated Vietnam War veteran, and we thank you, sir, for your service, always. And he's an advanced certified Rolf practitioner. And guess what? He also, on top of that, is if he isn't busy enough, runs a nonprofit that has distributed over 21,000 refurbished computers to family, schools, organizations, and veterans. So welcome to Read My Lips, Creativity with Heart. I thought that was a good topic for our before Christmas show. I am again, AK Radio Red in the house. Happy to be here. Guess, before you get to tell us who you really are, I need your help. I'm going to count to three and we're all going to say hello, L, L, L. You ready? One, two, three. Hello, Hello. L, L, L. There you go. She is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. That's a lot of L's. I've been taking up a fictitious GoFundMe page for her for about three years now because I want to send her to move to London. But because fictitious isn't even the same as crypto or Bitcoin, I haven't been very successful raising the money. So she still lives in Whitestone, New York, but it's perfectly all right. LLL, we love you and happy Merry Christmas to you and your daughter and your family. So let me tell you now who my guests are. I'm going to say your name because I've already given a little clue as to who you are. And I want you to tell us who you are and what creativity has to do with how you live your life. Sage, Soraya, welcome, welcome, welcome. I've waited so long to have you on the show. Please introduce yourself. Hi. Hi, Red. Um, thank you for having us. Um, so my name is Sage Soraya, and I am an ethnographic and documentary and fine art photographer and filmmaker. And um, I basically travel to remote cultures to document their wisdom and in the form of photographs and film. And so um, one of my biggest goals is to keep the traditions alive and keep these ancient cultures alive. And to me, um, creativity is what drives me. And it, what, it's something that makes me wake up every morning. It's, it's the medium I used to trans, translate what I want to say and show to people. Um, it's actually one of the best ways for me to say something that is not otherwise um, easily said. 
So that's what creativity means to me. And how did you get into this field? Fascinating. And apparently you're a, you're a pioneer in what you do, Sage, and your traveling sounds fascinating. Very, very, and I know it's been cut back because of COVID-influenced travel restrictions. But how did you, how, when did you first put a camera or a video camera in your hand? When did this all happen? I started taking photographs when I was 10. My parents gifted me a film camera and that was, that was it. So it's, I've been a photographer for a very, very long time. But um, how did I start documenting indigenous cultures? It, the, really, the journey started for me as a means of self-exploration. I had learned about these people and I knew they existed and I wanted to travel and see all these people who have not forgotten the old ways and really live with them and feel and live in that ancient wisdom. And the most natural step was to document them. The next step was to document them and their ways of living because I saw that it's really their cultures are fading, the languages are fading and they're just so rich. And I feel like we need this uh, polychromatic world to be to be thriving and hence this is what I do thank you very much and you know storytelling has come into well we've always been telling stories right weren't the cave people I didn't say cavemen cave women cave people they were drawing hieroglyphics something on the walls and we think we know those were some kind of stories and storytelling has become so popular and valuable sage in recent years that people were told to use it in their business, right? When you're selling, don't just say, hey, we've got three widgets, I'm selling them for $9.95 and you can't live without them. Tell a story about what widgets are and why they need them or, or maybe they never heard of a widget and tell a story. So thank you very much. You're telling stories visually and we really appreciate your work. So thank you very much. And waiting next, sitting virtually next to you, he doesn't even know where he's sitting, but virtually I'm looking at him. It's Jeff Allen. Jeff Allen, so happy to have you here. Let's hear your story, please. Who are you and what does creativity have to do with your interesting life? Jeff. Well, Radio Red, thanks for having me on. My wife and I are founders of a very unique dog rescue. It's a dog hospice and sanctuary. Uh, we rescue dogs that are going to be destroyed from shelters. Um, so they spend a remainder of time with us. We usually have 25 plus or minus dogs here at our, at our home, actually. Um, but what's how I get creative is we're a dog hospice and hospice, when people hear hospice, they think of sad. They, it's not a pleasant word in a sense, right? So we get very, I get very creative on making that people realize that this dog hospice is, could be the happiest place on earth. Move over Disney, we like to say, because we go on field trips. Uh, you know, we do a lot of fun things with the dogs. Uh, I've, when I've written a couple of books, I keep it very positive where dogs go to live. Right. This is not where dogs go to die. They go here to live. So everything that I do, I get very creative in putting that positive spin on a dog hospice. So that's, uh, you, know, you know, we I really do try to do that. Life's a dog bone. Chew it all day long. That's another one of my books. So I I try to be very positive. I like that. And, and yeah, hospice sounds so sad, but having a place that's on the way. Right that's happy and safe is exactly. part of making that journey better. Uh, 25 dogs at a time. Jeff, that's a lot of responsibility. Uh, do you have a whole staff besides you and your wife who do this? It's usually my wife and myself. We do have uh, volunteers. We call them aunts and uncles because they have to be very involved in, in with these dogs. They fall in love with them just like we do. 
Um, so, and some dogs are here just a couple of weeks and some dogs, because of the good nutrition, we feed them the vet care, the physical therapy, and just the, I think the love that they get, they're here for a couple of years. There's, you know, they're supposed to be gone in a few months, but they're still here and enjoying life. Bravo. And the people who interact with them are enjoying their lives as well. Right. Did I hear something barking in the background for a minute there, Jeff? You probably did. I'm sorry. With 25 no, no, dogs, no, 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 no. No, no, I don't want you to apologize. I want to know who was it? What what was the name of the dog who was barking? Can you tell us? Oh, I, th- I think that one might have been Violet. Okay. Well, would you please tell Violet that Aunt Red said hello, okay? Will do. There you go. Thank you very Thank you. much. See, we're a very equal opportunity guest guest uh, service here. And now let's go to Robert Toporek. Robert, I'm so happy to have you here. You have such an interesting life as well. Would you please do me the honor of explaining what you do and what does creativity have to do with your interesting life? Robert, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank for having us. Um, happy holidays to everybody. And um, I guess it goes back to my mother. And my mother told me one time, oh, I know what it was. We were not all that wealthy, and all the other kids in my high school wore a certain kind of shoes and a certain kind of shirt, and I was always envious of them, and I wanted my mother to buy them, but they were expensive. She said, son, you can have anything you can afford. (laughs) (laughs) So I went out and started creating jobs for myself, you know, like a grocery store clerk, and we, uh, we sold Krispy Kreme donuts one time by the dozen, like 50 dozen at a time. We'd go around to the little neighborhood. We see kids in the playing outside and we say, hey, kids, you want a donut? You want some donuts? And yeah, go tell your mama. <laughs> so they would run home and they'd tell their mother. We'd knock on the door. Hi, ma'am. We're from Krispy Kreme. Do you want to buy some donuts? So I and we did that. And then um, my mother told me for Christmas that I wasn't going back to high school because I was failing the 11th grade the second time. And I'd already run away from home once. So she gave me three great choices. One was to get a job which didn't sound too promising, go to a trade school, which I thought was really beneath me. I don't know who I thought I was, but it was <laughs> beneath me, and uh, joined the service. So uh, I said, great. So I went and decided I was going to be in the special forces. Now, there was only two problems with that. One is the recruiter forgot to tell me I had a high, had, had a, have a high school diploma. Mm. The second is he, told, he forgot to tell me that I was going to have to learn how to jump out of airplanes. Well, I'd never been in an airplane. So my first five jumps is uh, was jumping out of airplanes. And the first flight, I first jump I had, I was the first person in the door. So there I was standing in the door. Um, all of, I guess I just turned 18. And I'm looking at the earth and I've got this parachute on me. And behind me are 100 people that if I decide to change my mind, we're going to shove me out the door. So I jumped and I've been jumping ever since. And I just jump into things and... One of my mottos for life is make it up and make it happen. So I became an advanced certified Rolf practitioner. I wanted to study directly with Dr. Rolf, which was one of the most unlikely things because I wasn't rich. I wasn't somebody famous and I didn't have a college degree and ended up being her right-hand person for the last four years of her life. And then I've done other things like distribute low-cost refurbished computers. And I just made that up one day. I know what I'll do. I was working, I was roffing kids in in one of the worst drug neighborhoods of the world. And I said, I know what I'm going to do. I want to make sure that every family here has a computer. So I started that and I just keep uh, making things up and creating possibilities. 
I love it. Thank you very much. You know, when you talked about being the first at the door of the plane with the parachute and 100 people behind you, I thought that's a new definition, Robert. Forgive me, please. That's a new definition of peer pressure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I had, I had to say it. I'm, I'm, Sage and Jeff, are you, are you picturing this young Robert at the yeah. door of the plane? Like, no, no, I don't want to go. You're going to jump. No, no, I don't you're going to. Anyway, well, good for you. And making stuff up, isn't that what creativity really is? Like, Robert, that was such a good jumping off point. I'm just going to go around the table and see what your co panelists have. Sage, what do you think? Make stuff up? I didn't use the S word, I said stuff, the other S word. Making stuff up what do you think how does that play for you um yeah i i mean i don't know but i i can talk about jumping off (laughs) (laughs) that's what jumping i love diving there's actually a quote that talks about don't look at the cliff um don't look at the ocean don't look at this just don't even stand on the cliff and think about jumping off just jump off the cliff right so i truly believe in that that you you know when you jump off a net is going to be there or the wings like you, you know, there's a quote on that as well. Right. So I truly believe that because when I went on my journey, it was the most, uh, I had no plan at all. I used to live in Los Angeles. I had a job, I had everything. And I decided to just take off. I decided, Oh my goodness, I can't do this anymore. I need to go learn about these ancient cultures and without any plan, but a backpack filled with camera gear, I took off. And so I, I, I'm all about jumping into the unknown because it really when we follow our passions, then the right things come to us. Thank you very much. Jumping off. See, Robert, what we're doing with what you said before is just it's a jumping off point for a conversation. Jeff Allen, jumping off and just making stuff up. What do you think? Does that work for you and what you've done? I think uh, making stuff up. I, I, actually, I like to sometimes look at what other people have done. And then put my own aspect on it, my own spin on it. Um, again, with having a, a, a quote hospice, right? I have to make it fun, make it happy. And I think sometimes even my wife looks at me like, "What are you? You making a music video?" <laughs> you know. I just, I think it has to be fun for yourself. Whatever you're doing, you have to enjoy it yes. uh, immensely. And then for me, I really have to focus on our. Uh, on our, on our audience in a sense, right? Who are our followers? Who's are our donors? And is it going to work for them as well? I still want to stay true to myself on, in my creativity, but I also have to focus it in to, to meet their needs. Like most people that follow us on Facebook are females, probably 40 to 65, 70. So I can't be doing some, you know, really hip hop uh, video. I have to do something that's a little bit older, music, um, the parody that I, I created. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Robert, see how important it was to ask you those questions and, and to get you to share your story with us. And, and we just jumped off. Uh, by the way, I have no training in journalism. I have no training in radio or TV production. I had four radio, four TV series I started when I was on Long Island, New York, at an access studio for over 20 years. And I'm most proud of a show called Senior Moments, The Happy Ones, which I did with my mom starting when she was 81. I think I invited her to be a co-host. And we did our last show two weeks before her 100th birthday, and she passed away a month after that. But Ruth was the star of the show, basically. So it was Senior Moments, The Happy Ones. Nobody, nobody had ever seen a mother and daughter talking like we did. And they'd say, 
gee, you're so happy together. You like each other. You're having fun together. People say, did you script the opening of the show? I'd say, well, my name is, she'd say, she always made up what her middle name was. It, her n- initial was B. She'd make up a different name every time, every week we were on the show. And, and people couldn't get over it. But I just made it up. I said, I want to do a show called Senior Moments, The Happy Ones. Hey, mom, you want a co-host? She said, sure. And that was it. And we did 257 shows together. Wow. Yeah. For years and years and for over a decade and almost two decades. Amazing. So making stuff up. Yeah. And jumping in, Sage and Jeff and Robert, sometimes you just say, I think I can. That's a little engine that could quote. I think I can. I think I can. But I think before that, you need to say, I want to. I want to do it. And I think I can. I think those two go together. So let's go around the table a little bit. I have asked my three guests in advance to send me their favorite movie fictional movie or TV character quote or song quote, and some statements about what creativity means to them. So let's do the quotes. Sage Soraya, I'm looking at your quote. I love this one. It's from Me and Bobby McGee, song written by, was written and first performed by Chris Christopherson. Janis Joplin recorded it just a few days before she passed away, and Chris Christopherson didn't even know that, and he discovered it. And it was the, she topped the singles chart in 1971. The song was the second posthumously released number one single in U.S. chart history. You know who the other one was? Otis Redding, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, was posthumously released and released number one. So here is the line from me and Bobby McGee, so famous. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Sage, tell us, how did you pick this as one of your favorite quotes? And what does this have to do with creativity? Oh, my goodness. I feel like it's, it's... Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Every time I hear that song, it's such a representation of the journey that I went on. So um, because so one of the things I've noticed from living in the city, I was born and raised in Mumbai and then I lived in Los Angeles for most of my life. Um, is the fact that that there are these preconceived notions. There's this need to control life. There's this need to have this plan for everything. And so when I took off on this journey to live with these ancient cultures and document them, what I had to do is give, like let, let go of all these preconceived notions, let go of all my plans. I had to, sometimes I had to be on the top of a truck carrying fresh turmeric to get to this village where there was no other way to get to because I wanted to live with these women who lived so remotely. And so what happened in in my journey is that I had to slowly shed everything that I owned because I could only travel with this backpack and camera. And it became a journey that got stretched into a five-year-long journey where I didn't even have a home. So because I was just so curious and so desperate to learn And that's when I truly experienced freedom for the first time in my life, because I had nothing on me. I had nothing with me. I had nothing that belonged to me. And I realized that freedom is having nothing to lose. And you you can just, you're you're so free to go create and you're so free to go learn. And there's this richness that comes from that. And so this became my, this became my mantra and it kind of like kept me going. Yeah. Thank you. Very, very, very interesting. Nothing left to lose. And it could even be nothing at all to lose, right? Mm-hmm. Left implies that you there was something to lose and now it's it's all gone. Nothing at all to lose. Putting your cards on the table, right? Some Kenny Rogers yeah. metaphors there. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Let's go to the quote from Jeff Allen. Oh my goodness. Uh, this is a quote from Life is a Highway. 
1991 number one hit in Canada by Canadian musician Tom Cochran, or Cochrane, I'm not sure how he pronounces it. And the line is, life is a highway, I want to drive it all night long. Did I butcher that, Jeff? Will you forgive me? I'm sorry. (laughs) Jeff, sing it for me. Sing it loud and clear. Go ahead. Uh, I'm not a good singer, but life's a highway, I want to drive it all night long. By Tom Cochran, that's great. And that's and that's the way I feel about our, our dogs here, right? It's and that's my my book and my video was I, I kind of made a song parody, and not kind of I did. Life's a dog bone, chew it all day long. Because that's what I want people to understand is that look, just because you um just because you're dying doesn't mean you can't live, right? For that remaining time that you have left. That's how we treat with these dogs. So it's uh, we try to do everything we can to get make them as healthy as possible for that remainder that they have left, and then for them to enjoy that to the best they can. And, and that's that's what we do. We get very creative in in some of our methods. If a dog has uh, there's a there's a doggy version of ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease, of which they can't use their limbs. So we get very creative when we get. Uh, different carts and different things that we can do so we can take them out and really enjoy, enjoy the weather, enjoy the beach, um, things like that. Uh, and it's just a, just a motto that we have is it's, we, we live every moment. Dogs are very special in that they live every moment. They, if someone told us that we had a terminal illness, we, a lot of us would probably be very sad and, and probably wouldn't enjoy that remainder that we have left, but dogs are different. And that's, that's what we want to, focus on with these dogs. And then people will see that and hopefully they'll understand that as well. Thank you very much. The sweet gift of life, right? What are we going to do with it? How are we going to do it? Life is a highway. A lot of people just call it a journey, but it's our highway. It's our own highway. Very interesting. Um, I'm going to do Robert's quote next. And then I want to tell you about a Something that happened last night. I think you'll get a kick out of this. No, nothing that personal. Robert Toporek, you have sent me a line from a children's song by Jesse Rubin, who is a Brooklyn, New York-based acoustic singer-songwriter. He was a marathon runner, and he wrote the song, We Can, to motivate others to begin running. Then he heard from an elementary school on Vancouver Island where the teachers were using his song to encourage students. And they said, why don't you come up and visit us and sing the song? And he said, I don't even know where Vancouver Island was. But when I stepped off the plane, 200 kids and their families were waiting to greet him at the airport. That's a lovely story. So the line is, we can, we can, we can. So, Robert, what does this have to do with creativity? Talk to me. Oh, what has to do with creativity is when Jesse Rubin was a tiny little baby, he had a twin sister, and I'd roffed his mother, I'd roffed his father, I roffed his aunt and his uncle, and I roffed Jesse when he was a tiny little baby. <laughs> and so watching him blossom into into uh, creating that song is kind of like the theory of my life. And um, I was in Vietnam, and I'm going to come back to this story in a minute, how it all ties into everything. And um, I was there. I decided to stay for a second year. And um, I was initially just driving. I ended up running our battalion civil affairs program. So I was all of 19 years old. Nobody told me what to do. For two weeks, I drove our commander, captain, or whatever he was, and I would drive the Jeep. I'd sit in the Jeep, smoke cigarettes, and read books. And one day he came out and said, Sergeant Tepork, you're going to be in charge. And I said, what? He said, yes, hmm. I'm, down. I'm going to Guadalupe. You're going to be in charge. They're going to replace you sometime soon. Well, 11 months later, they replaced me. But in between then, I got to run the civil affairs program. 
and there was no manual. There was nobody telling me what to do or how to do it. And I just had to make it up as I went along. And um, I just wrote down something that says, you can have anything you can imagine. So here I am, man. I'm, I've got this program. I'm wondering what we're going to do. And I said, I think I'll build a health center <laughs> in this refugee village, no running road, no real running water, no real electricity. And we built a health center. And then I said, well, I need some doctors. So I went and found some army doctors and convinced, don't ask me how. And they came in every Wednesday, and the two doctors and a nurse came out to the village, and they spent a couple hours there, and they treated people. And then we well, got, we should take people to the dentist. They had horrible-looking teeth. So then I got Army doctors to volunteer to do that. And then we built a playground. I know what, we'll build a playground. So uh, creativity is just fundamental. And that period of time kind of shaped my whole life because it, it put me present to the preciousness of babies and children. Robert, I think to sum up what you've said, my question to you, I think you were asking yourself is, why not? Why not start a health? Why not ask doctors? Why not ask dentists? Why not bring families together? Why not bring kids here? Why not treat people? Why not do whatever you're doing? I think that's, I'm guessing that's a theme. Thank you for that, Robert, with all of you. Sage, did you find that, it, forget about, or in addition to what you said about the freedom, nothing left to lose, did you at some point say, I want to do this? Why not? Did you have that question for yourself? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, honestly, if I'd kept asking my, if I'd not asked myself that, and if I'd kept staying in the place I was in, because, you know, fear can stop you from doing stuff that you're completely unfamiliar with. And the only question is, why not? Like, what is stopping me? You know, I want to go learn about these cultures. Why not? I want to go document these cultures. Why not? I want to go make a film. Why not? So, Robert, I, yes, I, you know, I, we can, we can, we can. Why not? Why not? Why not? You know, it's all the same thing. I think it's a great question to ask. And yes, it definitely pushed me. Isn't, thank you so much. Jeff, what do you think? Why not? Does that figure into what you and your wife have done? Yeah, because we, we started before we opened Monkey's House in 2015. We were fostering a lot of the dogs my wife, being a retired nurse, the shelters would give us the really sick dogs, the ones that were terminally ill or else really sick. So we started taking care of them. We realized there was no resources for this. And there were no dog hospitals. We're like one of a handful of true dog hospices in the world. So we said, why not? Let's start this. It's the only way we're going to be able to help and save dogs. And sort of like Robert, in a sense, you're doing something now that completely changes your life um, for another being right not so much for yourself but for another being so yeah my wife and and, and my life has completely changed uh but we wouldn't we wouldn't turn back right because you're saving dogs you're helping dogs live a better life and it just rolls into what, when we first started it was all about the dogs it still is but it, it's amazing to see the community the facebook community and the community that has developed around this eighty thousand followers now uh, being able to talk when their dog passes away or their dog gets sick. My wife is very educational. So to see that come about is, is quite, um, it's, it's impressive that not, not for us, but just impressive for everybody in that community to be able to, to join and talk about their sorrow or their happiness. Yep. Sharing, storytelling, yep. caring, relating, relevance, 
being real. I'm tired of the word authenticity. I want to wipe that off the board in 2022. People, oh, you have to be authentic. Well, it's me. Hello. If I'm not authentic, I don't know who I am. Anyway, this, thank you all for that. Robert, you keep doing this. You keep coming up with a couple of phrases that were just running around the table that are resonating with everybody. Robert, did you plan this in advance? Did you talk to them and say, I'm going to, did you do that? No, but just probably <laughs> natural to me at this point. <laughs> I know, I know. The funny story I was going to tell of you was that I was watching the series finale of a TV show on Netflix called Lucifer. If you haven't seen it, it starts out kind of jokey. It's six seasons, and I really didn't want to finish it, but I went back to it because there's nothing else on that I wanted to see. And there's their interpretation of the hereafter, who was God, who was a devil, who was an angel. What happens when we die? Do we go to heaven? Do we go to hell? It's interesting. It's a very, very interesting, well-done show. At 10.58 p.m. last night, as I was watching the last 90 seconds of the last episode of the last season of Lucifer, it was as though somebody pulled a switch, which they did, and the power went out in my house and 6,000 homes in this area of Durham, Cary, North Carolina. It's oh. like somebody said, you ain't watching the rest of this show, lady, and plunged into darkness. I looked outside. It was area-wide, and it went on till almost 3 o'clock this morning. So people who were already asleep, who left lights on, were wide awake at 2.38. I have some friends I talked to. I, I couldn't sleep. I was awake most of the time. But anyway, it's interesting about telling stories about who we are, where we come from, where we're going, how we live. And one of the big themes is, what are you guilty about? That will, until you resolve what you feel guilty about, whether it's real or not, will resolve whether you go to heaven or hell and how you spend that part of your spiritual life. But they have people who used to be alive who were walking through things because they're now ghosts. And the comment I love was somebody said, I'm just a spirit. I'm not solid. As he walked through people, as he walked through doors, because he knew it and nobody could hear him or see him except other people. Anyways, just interesting. So yes, our power outage is over, but I had to share that story with somebody. So there you go. So I tell you what, let's, we'll come back to the creativity statements in a minute, but I have some famous birthdays. We really need to say happy birthday to a bunch of people. You may not have heard of most of these. I haven't either, but I have to do the segment. So here we are. Just if you know who the person is, just say happy birthday. If not, we'll just run through the list. Former Kiss drummer, Peter Chris is 75. Does anybody know Peter Chris? Heard of him? Kiss? Happy birthday. Okay. Happy There you go. I'm a drummer, Jeff. And so anytime I see a drummer on the list of birthdays, I put them in. Okay. I'm a drummer. Okay. Producer Dick Wolf, Law and Order. Everybody saw Law and Order at some point. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. 74. Happy birthday. There you go. Yuri Geller. You must have heard of Yuri Geller. Israeli, British, illusionist, magician, self-proclaimed psychic is 74. He might be Dick Wolf's birthday brother. I don't know. Happy birthday, Yuri Happy Geller. Happy birthday. There you go. Now, there's a musician named Alan Parsons. I'm not sure what band he's with, but he's 72. Oh, Jeff, go ahead. Happy birthday. Oh, Jeff, you're, you're our birthday ambassador today. Singer <laughs> Billy Bragg is 63. Jeff, did we stump you on that one? You stumped me on that one. I don't know either. How about singer Chris Robinson of the Black Crows? Happy birthday. Ooh, happy Fif birthday. 54. <laughs> I've never done it quite this way before. This is more fun. I know this one. David Cook was on American Idol. Remember little David Cook? I think he was a winner or a runner-up. He's all of 38 years old now. I think he was about 20 when he... 
Time passes by. And actor Jonah Hill. Everybody knows Jonah Hill. Happy birthday, Jonah Hill. Happy birthday, Jonah. 37. Now, I have some people in social, shall we say, the social entertainment world. I've never heard of them, but their names were so interesting. And there's no disrespect intended here, but I want to wish them a happy birthday. I do this every week. So there's a rapper named Bugsy Malone. If all of you remember what happened when Las Vegas was built and the uh, the mafia was a part of this. Movies about that. This is not B-U-G-S-Y. He spells his name B-U-G-S-Y. G-Z-Y. He's 30. So happy birthday. We're going to do a, a token happy birthday, Jeff, even if we don't. Happy birthday to rapper. There's a rapper also named Sleepy Hallow, not hollow, Sleepy Hallow. I think you'll enjoy these. 21, very young. And then we have a Facebook star. I didn't know they had Facebook stars named Bat Dad, B-A-T-D-A-D, one word with a capital D. You like that one, Sage? Bat dad. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Anyway, then we have a TikTok star named Ace B. King. All one word. Ace, the letter B, King. He is 19. Ace B. King. Happy birthday. Then we have a Twitch star. I don't even remember what Twitch is, but his name is Trains Rec TV. Trains Rex TV. It's plural. Trains Rex TV. I don't eat, Robert, I don't even want to know. You don't either. And then we have a YouTube star who's 25, whose name is just two initials, RG. Okay? We had one that was SV225, I think, last week. I don't know where they get them. Let's do our national holidays and get these over with, because these are fun, and then we'll go back to creativity. So today is Monday, the 20th and of December, and it's National Games Day, whatever games you like to play. It's Go Caroling Day. Do people still carol, Jeff, where you are? Sage, Robert, anybody still caroling? Yes. Yes, I just saw. I saw it on. I guess it was on Facebook, and they were calling people out in the next town over to come. They were meeting at a certain time, and they were going to go out and carol. Really? I yes. watched a, a TV show, Robert, uh, called "The United States of Al," about a young man who he was, I think, a translator in Afghanistan, and he came comes to the United States and lives with the family of the U.S military young man he was partners with and he moves in with the family and so he says i heard you have some kind of a tradition here called caroling am i going to see that this year and the man who owns the house who's also a a longtime veteran says not if my sprinkler system is working (laughs) so they all get dressed up and go caroling to the neighbors and all of a sudden they're going and the neighbor's sprinkler went on, so you can tell what they think about caroling in that neighborhood. So it's Go Caroling Day, and it's National Sangria Day today. Who likes sangria? I used to. I can't drink I it used anyway. to. <laughs> yes. Jeff, sangria fan? No, no thanks. No, th- oh, thanks. Robert, what about you? Sangria? Bloody Marys. Okay, well, we'll get to Well, I don't think we have a National Bloody Mary holiday. We might, though. Sage, what do you put? I'll have to check the calendar. Sage, uh, white wine, red wine. How much fruit goes in I, your sangria? I don't do it anymore, but back in the day, I used to put red wine. Yeah. Sounds delicious. Okay. Tomorrow is Tuesday, December 21st. It's the winter solstice. Okay. I think that's the longest day of dark. Yes. The, the days start to get longer and more light coming after that. It's also Phileas Fogg win a wager day. Does anybody remember who Phileas Fogg is? Because I'm about to tell you. Jeff, you don't remember, Robert? No. Around the world in 80 days. Phileas Fogg was a character in the movie. The play, the plot was written, the book by Jules Verne. And Phileas Fogg, the character, had to accomplish a challenge to win a wager of 20,000 pounds going around the world in 80 days. So this is in memory to, I don't know why, December 31st. Let's leave that one alone. 
Sage, I don't think this applies to you. I don't know how tall you are, but tomorrow is National Short Girl Appreciation Day. And <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to stand up for that. I used to be I used to be 5'10 on 5'1. I'm only joking. I used to be 5'1 and a half. Now I'm not quite so sure and I can't wear heels anymore. It's also French fried shrimp day. Does anybody eat French fried shrimp? Jeff, Robert, you ever heard I of French fried have, shrimp? I have fried shrimp tonight. Never heard of it. French fried shrimp. I don't yeah. know whether you put French fries in the fryer or I don't know what that means. I like air fried shrimp. They're actually good. Hey. It's National Flash. <gasps> it's National Flashlight Day tomorrow. That's what I was doing last night in the dark was looking around the house for a flashlight and I found one. I need to buy more <laughs> flashlights. So the national calendar is off by one day. I needed flashlight day actually yesterday. Okay. It's also National Crossword Puzzle Day. Robert, do you do crossword puzzles? Not anymore. Not anymore. Sage, crosswords? No, not anymore. Jeff? Not very often. I'll tell you what I got hooked on about two years ago. My sleeping pill at night is playing words with friends, and I've got 50 games right now with about (laughs) 12 different people. And I save it. I have a big iPad, keep it plugged in next to my my bed. And I prop myself up on pillows. I say goodnight to the little stuffed animals that keep me company. Don't, uh, oh, I didn't say that on live radio, did I? No, nobody heard me. Anyway, and I take the iPad and I do as many of these as I can. And when I start to drop the iPad, it's very heavy. And, and when it falls on my lap or my tummy or my toes, I say, okay, that's it. I close the cover. I put it on the table, turn out the light and I conk out. That's my... A lot of people use warm milk or they use a sleeping pill. I don't do that. But anyway, words with friends. So instead of crossword puzzles, I play words with friends and it is a blast. I recommend it. If you want to find me, I think I'm under AK Radio Red. I'll be happy to play with you. Now we have Humbug Day tomorrow. Humbug. Robert, are you a humbug about Christmas? Humbug. Am I a humbug about Christmas? It's a strange question that's a loaded (laughs) question. I'm kind of like present to... All the tra- See, I've been distributing computers for a long time. Yes. And everybody that gets a computer from me has to write a letter and tell me why, why they can't afford a computer. And a woman came in today, and she's, um, I don't know, 40-something years old. She's got two kids that are in the uh, autism spectrum. She doesn't make enough money. She doesn't know how she's going to pay her rent. So there's one side of me that's really present to the what's not happy in the world. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard for me to balance the two. So I'm always working at balancing the two. So I love the holidays, but then I'm also present to all the people that are being left out and left behind. So that's kind of where I'm at with holidays. Thank you. Very thoughtful answer and very appreciated. Yes. And I will tell you that the other part of the holiday list for tomorrow is look on the bright side day. Okay. So I think that's I think that's where your heart is. Thank you very much. Wednesday is Mathematics Day. I don't know. Are you you all still doing math? I still like to do math. Keeps my brain sharp. What do you think, Jeff? You do math? Yeah, I like math. Yeah, me too. Sage, how about you? Had to do a lot of settings with your cameras, right, Sage? Yeah, yeah, a lot of math, and I also have a bachelor's degree in engineering. So I I math is like something I've always been good at. Why didn't you say so? By the way, I was on the math team in junior high school, and we competed with other schools, at high school, I think it was, with other schools in the New York City school system. And we would go sit in a room, and they would have teams from different schools, and they would give you the the paper with the problem on it. And the proctor would say, okay, time now. And you turn it over, and you had to solve. These were very 
odd creative, ah, creative problems. You had to solve it somehow. And then the time was up and then you handed in your papers. So I made the math team and I was very happy. And when I, when I took a couple of extra degrees after my bachelor's degree, I took a business statistics class and I pissed off all the men in the class because they were using slide rules and I used a pencil to figure out all of the statistics problems and challenges and homework assignments. I aced the class and they hated me. What do you mean a woman in business statistics and she's using a pencil and she's writing everything down? What's the matter with her? Well, I knew my math. Yes, I know. So that's math day. And then let's see, it's also cookie exchange day. Robert, if you were here, would you exchange cookies with me? I would definitely exchange cookies with you. I feel so good. Thank you very much. Jeff, what about you? You want to exchange cookies with Sage? Sure. That'd be terrific. There you go. What kind of cookies? Sage, what cookies do you want him to give you? Um, there's this brand called Simple Mills, which has al- almond cookies, the, the yummiest ever. Okay, Jeff, your assignment. But is- I have to home, I, we'd have to make them from scratch though. But- yeah, Ooh. I figured, and that'd okay, be fine. That's even Sage, better. Jeff, what kind of cookies do you want Sage to give to you? Uh, you know, I, I kind of go with the uh, Toll House chocolate chip. Oh, um, just kind of with a nice glass of milk. Is there any- any <laughs> okay. cold, cold milk, right? Really cold? Yes. Okay. I knew I liked you. Okay. Let's go for that. Now it's also national date nut bread day on Wednesday and it's oh, Sage. They're getting us again. It's short person day. So on Tuesday you have short girl appreciation and then it's short person. I think that's way too much. Thursday is Pfeffernoose day. Does anybody remember what a Pfeffernoose is? A what? Can you, a Pfeffernoose. I bet you can't even spell it. It's P-F-E-F-F-E-R-N-U-S-S-E. It's a small spice cookie that has cardamom, Nutmeg, cinnamon, cloves, ginger, black pepper, mace, anise, or anise, sugar, butter, eggs, and flour. It's popular in Germany, Denmark, and the Netherlands. It's a Christmas holiday cookie called Pfeffernus with a PF. There you go. It's also National Christmas Movie Marathon Day. Robert, if you had to do a movie marathon, what Christmas movie would you or would you not watch? (laughs) I don't watch movies. I just watch the news. I watch Law and Order, and I like American Idol and things like that, so... Uh, I'm not a big movie guy. Okay. Jeff, movie marathon, Christmas. Would it be a Christmas movie? Uh, well, I don't want, I don't think I want to watch it over and over. I love the Christmas story. The little kid that got the BB guns, gone put your eye out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We know where your heart is, Sage. What about you? Christmas movie marathon doesn't have to be a Christmas movie. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I, I love movie mar- marathons, but Christmas movies just not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> me me either. I cry too much. I know. I know. Okay. Now, it's also Festivus on Thursday. Does anybody know who made Festivus popular? That was the I holiday. Know. Yes. George. George Costanza made it popular. Festivus is a, I think you'll like this, Robert. It's a secular holiday parody on the pressures and commercialism of Christmas. It's called Playful Consumer Resistance. It was created by an author named Daniel O'Keefe. It centered, it entered popular culture after the 1997 Seinfeld episode, The Strike, which O'Keefe's son, Dan, co-wrote. The celebration on Seinfeld included a festival, Festivus dinner, an unadorned aluminum Festivus pole, not a tree, practices like the airing of grievances, and the feats of strength, not strong feet, and labeling easy, ex- easily explainable events as Festivus miracles. The episode refers to it as a Festivus for the rest of us. What do you, <laughs> what do you think? No presents involved. Friday the 24th, of course, Christmas Eve and National Eve and National 
eggnog day. My Harris Teeter is not carrying their famous brand of eggnog this year. I've been looking for weeks, but I usually overdo it, so I'm not sad about that. December 25th is Christmas Day and National Pumpkin Pie Day. Why would Christmas Day be Pumpkin Pie Day? Isn't that for Thanksgiving? Jeff, any opinion on that? I would say it's Thanksgiving, although I know a lot of people do eat it at Christmas too, but that's a Thanksgiving for sure. I think so. I think they got this mixed up. Robert, what do you think? Pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving on Christmas Day? You know, you can have it anytime you want. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sunday the 26th is National Thank You Note Day. Do people still write? I think people text a lot. Hey, thanks for this or thanks for that. I think, and it's National Winers Day. Oh, I didn't get what I wanted. I got to return it to the store. I got to wait. On. I think that's what they mean. It's also National Candy Cane Day on Sunday, the day after Christmas. I think people get stuck with too many candy canes. And next Monday, I have to tell you, because I'm not on the air till 6 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m., excuse me, but I'm getting ready at 6. The holidays will already have happened. So Monday, the 27th of December. Make cutout snowflakes day. I think that's sage when they cut out fold paper when you make little cutouts. Did you ever do that, Robert? As a child, make little cutouts on I don't paper. Think, don't nope. think so, Jeff. Did you? I think we did. Yeah, you fold them all up and you, then you cut it yeah. out, and open it up, and little holes. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. make little snips. Yeah, yeah. Sage, did you do that too? I actually just did that a couple of days ago with my niece, and we had such a good time doing it. I revisited <laughs> after so long. It's so fun to open it and see what you've created. Now, how did I know to tell you that it was cut out snowflakes day next Monday and you have a week to go back to your niece and do it again? It's also visit the zoo day. I have no idea why. Okay, let's do a couple of more. We have some time left. Let's do some creativity. We're all, I want you to stay around after we're off the air because I need to take some pictures. I have some special pictures. So Sage, let me pick one of your creativity statements you send me and we'll go around the table. I'll pick one from each and let's discuss. Sage says, surrender. Drop into the silence within and let it do the speaking. This is a creativity statement. Sage, talk to me. What does this mean? You know, I, I've noticed time and again that creativity comes, at least for me, it comes from silence. I think the void and silence that the world is constantly fighting because we're, you know, where people are so afraid of being in silence. People are so afraid of not being constantly stimulated and not constantly um, being entertained that I think that we're just constantly consuming, consuming, consuming. But um, when we stop consuming and when we integrate whatever we've consumed and just be in that space of silence, for me, that's where my creativity truly blossoms from. And so I am like a big proponent of silence. I think it's um, it's such an important part of our lives that we have forgotten or thrown away or avoiding or afraid of that we could kind, kind of bring back. Because when creativity comes from silence, I think it comes from who we truly are. So it really is an expression of who we truly are. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Let me just ask the two gentlemen on the panel with you. Jeff, silence, is that important to you for creativity? Well, I think it is important. I, I, I do think that is important. I, I think you, you know, you, you silence, but then you, sometimes I laugh because I think some people think I'm crazy because you do. You do. You, sometimes you come up with some really weird thoughts, which gets you really creative um, and, you know, you go tell your colleagues and they look at you strange, but then next thing you know, yeah, you, you created something, 
could be, you know, music or art or, or even a t-shirt that, and then next thing you know, they're like, wow, that's really a cool, cool concept that you came up with. Very, very cool. Robert, silence. What do you think? Good for you? This is really good for me. It's like, um, Dr. Rolf had a quote that said, balance is a resting state, a capacity and preparedness for responses of all kinds, depending on the nature of the stimulus. And um, it's a resting state. So it's from that place that you can make up anything. And when you are making up something from something that's already there, you're just putting mud on top of a, a cake. And so you have to get into this nothing space to actually create something new. Otherwise, you're just doing repetitive behaviors. Very interesting. I like that POV. Thank you for sharing. Jeff, I'm looking at your number one creativity statement. Let's see where this takes us. You say creativity is the ultimate form of self-expression. And I'm quoting Jeff now. I find it allows me to be outside the boundaries of the norm, yet expresses the norm in a new light. Jeff, unpack this for us, please, as they say on the news. What do you think? Well, like I said, with I work in corporate America, right? So it's there's a certain way you're supposed to be, and having the, the nonprofit, the hospice allows me to do a lot more and be a lot more creative. But yeah, you can be creative on, you know, writing a computer program, but this allows you to do much, be much more things. I mean, how how often do you get to? I'm a I'm a, I'm a math guy like you, but a lot of you guys are, and then yet you know, I still end up writing some books. Um, I never would have thought I would have written a book. Um, I think that's, you, you become creative and how can I, you still have that structure in your life because you structure the book out. Okay, here's what my chapters are going to be, but then you get creative in the writing aspect of it. Um, so I think that's, the, the, there's two sides of, of a lot of people. And so you have the kind of the corporate side that I work in, but then you have this other side that lets you be free and lets you be more expressive of some different things in there that you couldn't be in your in your job. Thank you very much. And and a word was invented several years ago, Jeff. I think you'll agree with this, <clears throat> called intrapreneur, where people were given permission or allowed, encouraged, facilitated to create something like an incubator within a company and do it in addition to their their normal job or what they were hired for. So entrepreneurs sometimes get to create outside the boundaries, inside the company. And that, that's a whole different ballgame. Robert, thoughts about breaking boundaries? What do you think? I think you've broken a few. <laughs> you think? Uh, not, not enough yet. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, I'm working on something now called, um, I'm creating what's called a 21st century early childhood development program curriculum and materials to go with it. And one of the things that my teenagers have done is put together the statistics, elementary school statistics for every uh, elementary school in my region and around the country. And so the some of the statistics are, are horrendous. And so creativity is actually something that you can use to solve a problem. And, and I was listening to this whole thing about Joe Manchin, and they said, you know, we need to be creative in solving these problems. So yep. It's just not, it's not going to happen anywhere other than creativity. Thank you very much. Sage, you want to react to that? Then we just have about four minutes left, so I have to scoot, and we're going to get some websites from you. Go ahead, Sage. Absolutely. Breaking boundaries and everything that both of you said is like, it's so important, I think. And 
with creativity, you can do it with grace. And so I really like that as a filmmaker and as a photographer and as a storyteller, as a visual artist and as someone who, you know, I, I consider myself an environmentalist and I want to bring things back into the world and change certain things. I feel that with creativity, you can prevent people from getting defensive, but really seep into someone's deep consciousness and really make them feel something, you know? So I think that breaking boundaries is very important for us to like go out and do something that's outside of the norm and then use creativity to sort of make it easily accessible and easily digestible. Ooh, I like that. That's a new spin. Robert, you used one of your creativity statements earlier. I don't want you to think I left you out. You said you can have anything you can afford. I think your mother told you that. Make it up and make it happen. But Robert, I can give you 30 seconds to describe this one for me. In life, there's no such thing as reaching the top. There's only climbing the mountain. Robert, just a quick response, please. There's no top. <laughs> well, that that does it all. Thank there's you. No <laughs> we, got, we got so far to go in regards to the evolution of humanity, that there's no there's no stopping, there's no plateau. You just got to keep climbing the mountain. Thank you. On and on. On we go. Thank you so much. Let's go around the table and get some places where people can find you. We've got three minutes. Yes, Andrew, thank you. I see that note. Sage Soraya, where can people find you or see your work? Please. Uh, everything's on my website, so sagesoraya.com. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at the same name. So these are the two places. I need to spell that because nobody will ever yes. figure okay. it out. So yes. it's all right. I'll yes. do it. S E J S A R A I Y A dot com. Correct? Yes. I'll spell it one more time. S E J S A R A I Y A dot com. Sage Sarai. Thank you. Jeff Allen, where can people find you? They can find us on monkeyshouse.org. And they can also find us on Facebook as well and just look for Monkey's House, Dog Hospice. Because um, like you, like everybody said, we're big in storytelling. Every night we're telling stories about these dogs, you know, and people people really do fall in love. So check us out. Thank you. Monkey'shouse.org. M-O-N-K-E-Y-S-H-O-U-S-E dot O-R-G. Did I get it? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if he was sure if I was sure, but there we are. Robert Toporek, where can people find you and your good work? Robert at rolfingtoporek.com is one place. R-O-L-F-I-N-G. Yes. Toporek. T-O-P-O-R-E-K, Rolfing Toporek. Okay. Robert at rolfing Thank you very much. It has been such a pleasure speaking with the three of you. I appreciate all of the important work, and that's why I call you my heartful creatives, because you all have a great deal of heart in what you do. The people, the places, the stories you tell, the information you share, the goodness of giving to people who are not in a position to have for their own, for themselves, Robert, and Jeff, to helping helping the puppies at the end of life and Sage telling stories of people who may never get that opportunity. It has been a real joy. I want everybody to say thank you to Andrew. One, two, three. Thank you, thank Andrew. You. Andrew. That's my engineer. And thank you. Aaron got us started. And there's Andrew. And I have some closing messages here. Remember, guests, don't go away. We're going to take pictures. Here's my closing message. Life is short. Break the rules. Isn't that what we've been talking about? Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Trust me, it's the only way. Love truly, laugh <laughs> uncontrollably. And Robert, never regret anything that made you smile. Robert, I want you to smile. And I have one more message here. Work like you don't need the money, even if you do. 
Make it look like you're enjoying yourself. You'll enjoy it more. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching 250 people how to do line dances, dancing on top of a Formica table in a high school cafeteria in Oregon for $3 an hour at adult ed, everybody was watching. Trust me. Sing like nobody's listening, and I hope nobody listened when I sang before. I love like you've never been heard because, heck, we all have. Get over it. Let your heart regrow. Let your heart replenish, let your heart open up. Love is there, maybe in a different shape, form or whatever, but it is there. Let it happen. And lastly, money talks, chocolate sings, and last but not least, and I stole this line from somebody. Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red, everybody wave. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.